This is Dina Marie, host of Faith Moments with a Franciscan Moment on Mater Dei Radio. In 1989, Ecumenical Patriarch Demetrios I proclaimed a World Day of Prayer for Creation for the Orthodox Church. Since then, the World Council of Churches and in 2015, Pope Francis and the Catholic Church have joined together in recognizing a season of creation from September 1st, the Day of Prayer for Creation, through October 4th, the feast day of St. Francis of Assisi, the patron saint of ecology and a beloved saint throughout the world. During the season of creation, people are invited to renew their relationship with our creator through celebration, conversion, and commitment together. One of the documents from Pope Francis that has received much attention since its release in 2015 is his encyclical Laudato Si on care for our common home. With me today is Franciscan friar Father Dan Petit to discuss the Holy Father's letter and to reflect its connection with St. Francis. Good morning, Father Dan. It's great to have you back with us today. Thank you, Dina Marie. It's good to be with you, too, and also to be together for this particular uh, anticipation of a second part to Laudato Si of the Holy Father. That's right. We've been hearing that on the feast day of St. Francis, October 4th, uh, Holy Father Pope Francis is expected to release a, a part two, so to speak, of this Laudato Si. So I thought we could talk a little bit about his first encyclical, a little bit about your take on that. But I, I want to start with going back to the election of Pope Francis, because uh -huh. we were all glued to the TV. We were watching to see, OK, who's going to be elected and then what would his name be? And I was kind of surprised when I heard the word Francis come out. Now, you as a Franciscan, tell us what, what you were thinking and what, you know, what when you heard. Oh, wait, it's Francis of Assisi. Right. Yeah, that, it was a surprise, to be honest, because. I was at the time uh, teaching at Franciscan University in the study abroad program in Gaming, Austria, when Benedict resigned. And then, of course, they had the conclave. And here comes this newly elected pope onto the balcony. And I hear that he takes the name Franche Fran Francesco, um, Francisco. That's the Latin, Francisco. And I thought, Francisco, that's Francis. And the first thing I thought was, if he's a Jesuit, that must be Francis Xavier, you know, the great Jesuit missionary. And then he finished it, Franciscum de Assis. And I go, what? You know, it's like, I, I was shocked. I really was uh, that a Jesuit would take St. Francis of Assisi's name for his title as the Pope. I, 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 I must admit that was, I mean, Franciscans, I've, I've always, in my own experience, gotten on well uh, with the Jesuits. I've studied with them. I was at Creighton before I joined the seminary. Uh, I studied with Jesuits. Some of them were my friends up in uh, Toronto, Canada, where I studied for the priesthood. So it's not that it, there's been animosity between Franciscans and Jesuits. It's just such a surprise that he would take Francis of Assisi over, say, Francis Xavier. Yeah, it was just really a shock, you know. Right. You know, and as you've we've seen the last gosh, it's all it's been 10 years, right, since uh, Pope Francis was elected. Things that you've noticed in how has he reflected 
the saint name that he's taken in his um, papacy and just the way he's he's been able to approach the communities. Um, how, do you see St. Francis in Pope Francis? I, I really do. I, I do. Now, I know there's there's probably been some cynicism online and the like about his papacy that, you know, based on some of the off the cuff remarks that sometimes maybe are ambiguous or whatever. But I really do see him mirroring St. Francis of Assisi in his care for the the poor, yes, but also the the weak and the ones um, who fall behind. That's what I really appreciate. You know, the whole notion, for example, of the Catholic Church as a field hospital for the wounded. I mean, that is so Francis of Assisi. Um, uh, you know, in, in a world where might makes right, it's a great life if you don't weaken. But what if you weaken? And see, that's what's happening today. A lot of people are weakening and they're not able to keep up. And we kind of treat them like the people that are just left behind. And see, Francis, I see him turning and looking back and saying, what about these people? We really have to care for them. And that's very, that's very Francis. Yeah. Father Dan Petit is with us today as we're reflecting on Pope Francis and St. Francis. We're coming close to the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi on October 4th. We're expecting a second encyclical, uh, the kind of a part two to La Datu Si. That's been the Vatican has been talking about this for the last few weeks now. And so we'll we'll wait and see. But in the meantime, I think it's great to explore just the the papacy of Pope Francis and to see how St. Francis is reflected. In fact, that title, Laudato Si, doesn't that come from a writing of St. Francis? Yes, it does. In fact, uh, Francis in Italian literature put himself on the map because he's the first one to write a piece of literature in native Italian because the language at the time was Latin. And so most of your artistic literature was done in the language of Latin. And now all of a sudden, Francis, there was all these dialects that were uh, local languages stemming from Latin. And one of them was the development of the language of Italian. And Francis, that's what he knew. He didn't know Latin that well. And so what he did was compose this poem in praise of God and he did it in the dialect of Italian, which was a first within the history of Italian literature. So he somewhat put himself on the map, you might say. And uh, Laudato Si is, praise be you, my Lord. And then it goes on to say, for brother sun, for sister moon. And he goes on to praise the Lord in his creatures, you know. And so it's a beautiful, uh, a beautiful moment. And if I may just uh, give some of the context of that uh, so people understand, uh, Francis, it, it's it's just remarkable that he was legally blind when he wrote that uh, poem. He was, uh, at the time it was winter, and they were hoping to get him to a doctor who, at the time, the, the, the treatment for the eye disease he had, they thought, was to cauterize from the eye to the to the uh, temple, 
with hot irons that they put in the fire and just steam it. And just that would be that would be what would fix the eye. That was the treatment. So he was going to go and get that. He eventually did. But they had a huge snowstorm in Assisi and he wasn't able to go. And so they went to San Damiano, where St. Clair was, and two brothers were with him. And he they were in the basement because the ladies had the upstairs, you know. And so they were down in this dungeon basement it's dark dreary moist and that night francis suffered what was known as the plague mm. of rats he had all these rats crawling all over his body for the whole night and he began to experience self-pity mm. until until the morning it, he he reproached himself for his self-pity was legally blind and in response composed this beautiful poem, praise be to you, my Lord, to get, you know, it's almost like when I say thank you, I'm off myself and on to you. And that's what he did. He, he recognized and reproached himself for his self-pity, turning in on himself, and he turned it out into this beautiful hymn that began Laudato Si in Italian, Praise be you, my Lord, for brother sun, for sister air, for sister moon, and all this. It's beautiful, and it just goes through. And um, and that's the context that he wrote it in. He didn't even, wasn't able to even see, except to do it by memory, uh, oh what goodness. he wrote. Yeah. The Canticle of Creatures by St. Francis. And, you know, when you start to hear the background of how that was written and why that was written, and you think in his darkest and literally darkest moment, what does he turn to? Praising the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm not going to blame. I'm not going to, he, he started to go into self-pity, like you said, but he went, no, 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 no. I'm here to praise the Lord, give glory to the Lord. And Pope Francis picks up on that title. And that is the beginning of a Laudato Si. So interesting to see that history and and I believe the spirit of St. Francis working today in uh, in the church. So how great is that? Father Dan Petit is with us. Father Dan, we are coming up to a break and I want to take a quick break. We'll come back and really open up a little bit of this encyclical, get a little bit of the sense of where we see St. Francis in the encyclical, how we can use it in our lives today. Uh, would you stay with me and we'll be back in the next half hour? Sure, I'll be glad to. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with Franciscan friar, Father Dan Petit, as we enter the month of October and the feast day of St. Francis on the 4th of October. We want to talk a little bit about the encyclical Laudato Si. We're expecting a, a part two of that encyclical from Pope Francis. And we've been talking a little bit about the selection of the name and really taking on a lot of the spirituality of St. Francis and the papacy of Pope Francis. Let's look at this Laudato to see. In fact, the name is on care for our common home. What are it's a long document. It is a long document. I love to see a lot of the reference to St. Francis in the document, but give us a sense of what is this all about? Well, I think it flies in the face of our times, which are soaking in what I would say Gnosticism. I'll, I'll explain what that is momentarily. The way that Francis 
flew in the face of the Manichaeans of his day, which were the Cathari. And what they do is they devalue the material creation. At the time of Francis, there were these, and even St. Anthony of Padua came against them in his preaching. They devalue the body. And as a result of that, the body for the Cathari belonged to an evil principle, an evil God, whereas the soul belonged to a good God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we had to somehow get rid of the body. Well, I mean, we're living in similar kinds of Gnosticism. You might think, well, we're getting so into the body now. I think we love it too much. No, in fact, we despise the body by our behavior today. And as a result of that, how we treat ourselves in our body becomes reflected in how we treat our common home in the environment. See, and that's what I think Pope Francis is getting at. In it, It's an extension, as he brings out in the very beginning of the encyclical, it's actually an extension of the theology of the body that Pope, Pope John Paul II gave us. If we care for the human body, which would include, say, the poor who are hungry, the poor who are naked, bodily naked, if we care for them, and we also care for our own bodies by living according to the teachings of Christ, and our life in the body favors life as opposed to death, that should become reflected in the environment. And that's what Laudato Si is trying to bring home for us, is that same message that we are meant to reflect what the body shares in, which is in the environment that we live in. I mean, this, and that's the earth. That's so, for example, God has given us clean water at the beginning of creation. How are we going to treat that? Well, if we, if we end up poisoning our waters, our bodies get poisoned. God gave us clean air in the beginning. Well, what happens if we pollute our air, our bodies? suffer because we have to breathe that air to stay alive you see and that's the common home that's what pope francis is getting at i think mm -hmm. well and i think we we hear saint francis is acknowledges the patron saint of ecology so tying in ecology the environment social issues human dignity ethics there's a lot of different things that are coming together that I think Holy Father Pope Francis is trying to unpack. And you mentioned addressing what's happening today, what's happening right. in our world today. Right. Well, I think, you know, the, the one of the clear signals of Gnosticism is the manner in which, for example, a child in the womb is assessed as nothing more than a blob of flesh, which can thereby be dispensed with. Well, you can hear the degradation of the material body there and see that's not how the gospel or Jesus Christ views the human body. It's not a blob of flesh. That is an embodied person there. There's a person there in the, in the womb and we're dispensing with persons. And if we're going to do that in the womb, then persons in our life in society also become expendable. And well, that's not so good either. Um, and we can start to neglect each other as a result of that. And of course, 
that's the that's that's the thing that I think Pope Francis is trying to get at is, and he says this in the beginning of the encyclical. He addresses you know Pope John Paul II's contribution to the moral environment. We live in a moral environment that can be polluted with toxic, uh, some some toxicity and the like. Pope Benedict brought home the notion of the first and greatest commandment, our love of God, with his encyclicals, you know, talking about God, which is first in place of love. And then here comes Pope Francis now with our love for our neighbor and how we treat them and how we treat this common home we're sharing. I'm not the only one living here, and I have to be conscious of others. Mm-hmm. So it, it's Pope, Fran- Pope Francis really points this out. He develops it. this is an extension of the previous two papacies into the moral life of the environment that began with Pope John Paul II and his theology of the body. How we treat ourselves in the body and how we live in the body is going to become reflected in how we treat our common home of the material cosmos that we live in. And that's the thing. I mean, we can't we we can't really escape that. Uh, and to the degree we attempt to, we're going to pollute the moral environment by how we live, and now the physical environment by how we live. Because it's all about again, it's going to be about me. And if I if I pollute it or whatever happens, I don't worry about those consequences. As long as I get what I want in this situation, and see, we can't continue to live this way. Mm-hmm. Father Dan, as we look at any encyclical letter, any document that's read, written by the Holy Father, it has a purpose. It has a place. I think a lot of times in the secular world, it can be misguided. There could be misconceptions of this isn't a political letter. This isn't something about how governments are supposed to run. Uh, This is trying to be Let's let's share the gospel of Jesus Christ and communicate it in the world today. How should we read this letter? Because I think a lot of people could get off track and have gotten off track. But just on a personal level, as I live my life, my vocation, my work, the things that I do, how can I approach this Laudato Si? Well, I think we do need to go back to the choice Pope Francis made for his his uh, his uh, his name as Pope and that's Francis and that's Francis of Assisi the ecology that is addressed here is not a secular style ecology that would say for example that is based on nihilism nihilism basically says this is the basic tenet of nihilism nihilism says it is better not to exist than to exist. That's what nihilism is. It's a very dark, kind of brooding view of life, nihilism. And it's better not to exist than to exist. And so an ecologist based in nihilism is going to say, it would be so much better if if we human beings weren't here so that the environment would do better. And see, well, that is absolutely not true. I mean, it's the same in abortion. It's better not to exist in that case. Well, see, that's nihilism. No, that's not a good when we're starting to take out human life 
for the betterment of humanity. No, we, you can't better humanity by doing that. It's nihilistic. Well, see, Francis of Assisi was not a nihilist. I mean, praise be you, my Lord. I mean, there's an affirmation of faith that renders his whole life evangelical, based in the gospel, and the affirmation of the goodness of the creation as it comes forth from the hands of God. And that's what I call an integral ecology that takes into account the living God who is so good and creates us good that we have to care for it as goods rather than expendable consumptive things that we use and then throw away, you see. And I think that's what differentiates Pope Francis if we keep in mind the inspiration for his papacy, which is Francis of Assisi. His context for ecology is evangelical, which incorporates God at the as the creator, the good God who loves his creation and calls us to do the same, starting with the first and greatest love, which is love of God, and then the second follows from that, our love of neighbor and care for each other and the common home that we share. This is not just for me, it's for all of us on this earth, not just for some of us, all of us, not just for a few, but everybody, you see. And that's the challenge, I think, that Pope Francis is trying to issue. But so many people are missing that point. He has an evangelical context. If you read carefully what he's writing there, it comes through the lens of Francis of Assisi, no doubt. And it's beautiful. Again, Father Dan Petit with us as we reflect on the feast day of St. Francis of Assisi, October 4th. Many of you may be enjoying the opportunity to get your animals blessed at the blessing of the animals at your local <laughs> parish. I know, Father Dan, you'll be doing that soon. And we'll look forward to the opportunity to hear uh, what Pope Francis does with his extension on Laudato Sea that will be coming up. That might be the topic of our next discussion in the months <laughs> to come. So thanks for sharing with us a little bit. We're looking forward to celebrating uh, the Feast of St. Francis along with you and all of our Franciscan community. And with that, Father Dan, would you please help us close leading us in prayer? Sure. Let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to you for the immense goodness and love you have for us in sending us Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We pray that we may ever learn from him to share that love with others. And we ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may the blessed mighty God descend upon you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Francis. Pray for us. Pray for us. Thanks so much, Father Dan. Have a blessed day. Okay. Thank you. Good to talk with you.